0: And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die.
1: Hello, and welcome to uh, another edition of the Toronto Till I Die podcast. The Toronto FC Fan Show. Now, normally, we start off on a high note in a high beat. Um, But before we get into that, uh, we just want to send our thoughts and condolences uh, for those impacted by the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Um, So if you have friends, family there, obviously our thoughts are with them. We hope they're safe uh, and well. Um, Obviously, this also extends to the Atakube family. Um, It looks like um, Sam Atakube is okay um but obviously uh, there are some teammates and also uh, maybe some uh, coaches that had a sport that uh might still be trapped in the rubble so either way um we just want to make sure that uh you know that we've got your backs and uh, we hope that your family and friends are safe hard to transition into being upbeat and in, in, in talking about tfc but we will do our best um this week we actually have some games to preview and talk about, which is kind of cool. Um, double match week for TFC. They take on the Whitecaps on a Wednesday and LAFC on the weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll dig a bit into the Michael Singh notebook. Um, he was at Sean Johnson's press conference uh, last week. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Potentially some new signing news also coming in um, from the notebook and then we have a burning question this week talking about the lack of uh, preseason games to to watch and to talk about um, because TFC have actually been playing games um, you just may not have heard of them or know of them uh, so we'll get all into that uh, today uh, with my co-host as always uh, Michael saying Jeffrey P Ne Mike Newell thanks guys uh, and what's what's up how was your weeks how was your weekends Jeff
0: big birthday (laughs) weekend
2: yeah it was my birthday weekend so you know i did all kinds of things and and i had all kinds of fun got to see uh two of my favorite bands rides and the charlatans at history nightclub it's all it's all awesome man i love that venue i love that venue so much owned by drake in that room yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's Uh. a bit east of the city uh you know it's in the it's in the beaches but man man what a what a killer room He's long-time no beaches resident, He's got
1: to get up to the beaches more often. Uh, the beaches is dope. He's a long-time former resident of the beaches. Um, hidden gems out there all the time.
2: Yeah, once yeah, they beaches, close that licks, though,
0: though. I mean, mm, awesome. <laughs> you're <laughs> you not mean. Missed
1: it, the licks. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: <laughs> <laughs> was the spot back in the day, man. Yeah, it
1: was. Licks was the spot. I mean, it was the
2: spot. Is there and any more kicking
0: around right now? What's your? I don't uh, think, you, think so. Let's do a little shout out to some local restaurants. What's your favorite burger spot? in toronto or okay. gta area mm, that's a good question this is a right
2: now thing as opposed I'll to start. forever I'll thing. Start. go so
0: ahead i am from richmond hill and mm. it's not in richmond hill but it's nearby rich you're going hill. golden star aren't you i'm going golden star <laughs> <do that? laughs> of course so the second good. you said
2: not in richmond hill but it's sort of richmond hill adjacent <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I knew you were going Golden Star. Absolutely. You know what I've been. Oh, of course I've been to Golden Star. I mean, yeah, damn, damn, Golden Star. So good. Uh right now it's Rudy Burgers for me. Rudy Bur yeah, Rudy's solid. Yeah, Rudy's Rudy's sick. Love love Rudy. We got some
0: like people are saying in the chat, let me bring them up. We got Apache Burger. Uh, that's yeah, classic. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, a couple of people yeah. have said that. Yeah. Also, yeah, Sunnyburger Burger yeah. in, in Brampton, both Corey and okay. Nathan saying Sunny Burger in Brampton have not okay. been, but definitely maybe the spot to check out. Maybe that's yeah, the I reason why it. so many players, soccer players. Because the, ran, the burgers are dope. All, <laughs> yeah, something sprinkling something in those patties. Um, no, yeah. For me, yeah damn uh, right.
1: Toronto, for me, I'm a square boy. I'm a square boy guy. East Ender. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah there's a square boy is always for me and hamilton now uh the capital bar actually does a burger night on wednesday nights. so when i was playing on wednesday nights over at um soccer uh, the player's paradise i come at back after and the pub would always have uh the burger deal with fries for like and a pint for like 14 bucks and it was fantastic so i'm all can't about miss, that capital bar right around the corner from my house. Great uh, great little place to check out. If you're Harvey's.
0: <laughs> Harvey, Harvey's, yeah. definitely. As, definitely as like, fast show.
1: food, as fast food burger goes, I uh, don't hate it. I'm not going to hate it. I get, there's another one. No, Drew's no. saying
0: A&W. Underrated uh, burger.
2: Oh, oh yeah, I'm buddy burgers. Buddy burgers will do it in a pinch, man. There like was a, a while that, a nice team
0: burger. Oh yeah, a
2: team burger. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, end
0: anyways.
2: Yeah, anyway, matzo- yeah. I'll leave
1: it at a matzo burger. How about that? Um, all right, Ooh. guys. Um, we'll, we'll 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 create a separate show where we t- critique our favorite burgers. Um, uh, you guys and you guys Good jump segment. in, but Tell uh, that. but for this week, we'll jump into TFC and the. I mean, it's not the start of their preseason, but for a lot of people, it's going to feel like the start of their preseason because games are actually happening that they're going to know about. Now, whether Mm -hmm. you can watch them or not, no idea uh, yet. Um, You know, Apple TV dropped, so who knows? But uh, as of right now, TFC have two games this week coming up at the Coachella Invitational Tournament in Indio, California. Uh, maybe they'll have a Burning Man tournament in the future. Who knows? Um, and they can, you know, that that's a whole different kind. Wasn't of that
2: tournament. the nine a.m. games at the MLS's back tournament, Mike? <laughs> yeah, Burning yeah, Man yeah. tournament. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I think they already exactly. had one. So exactly. Yeah. Never saw the art installations though. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll. we'll yeah. Everybody will at least get a first look at the 2023 Reds. Um, so Wednesday it is, as we mentioned, a uh, Canadian Championship V's Cup rematch against the Whitecaps. Um, Before we get into the LAFC game, I I sort of want to just start there and sort of this run up to this game. It's been a weird one, I feel like, because we haven't, we've got drips and drabs of news from this club. And we really don't know what exactly we're going to see. But, you know, what would you want to see or get out of that first game against Vancouver on Wednesday? Uh, Mike, I'll start with you.
0: Uh, preseason, preseason, preseason. Um, it's a tough one to answer. Are you really like, what are you going to be disappointed with? Like, obviously you don't, no matter if it's preseason or not, you don't want to see your team go out and just get absolutely shelled, especially by the Vancouver Whitecaps. But I think you're just looking for guys like Lorenzo. Um uh, We'll see what the health and status is, is of Federico Bernadeschi um and then obviously the midfield trio getting reps together that's going to be really important um uh, looking forward to seeing Victor Vasquez back in a Toronto FC shirt and seeing how exactly TFC does decide to line up uh at the back there like i'm more interested personally cuz i think we have a, a pretty good idea of what this team's starting 11 will be when everybody's fully fit and fully healthy i want to see what the second half looks like what, where's uh, Jaquil Marshall Ruddy going to play? Where's Cosey Thompson going to slot in? Where's DeAndre Kerr going to slot in? Who's our backup left back? You know, stuff like that, I- I'm looking forward to seeing because, like I said, I think that's the starting 11 set in stone. Um, Preseason, it, it's always early, right? So, in terms of the quality of matches, I'm not expecting too much. Just I think the one thing you're praying for always during these times is just please no injuries. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'd i like to see them in better
2: form than uh, the Sounders in the Club World Cup, which was a yikes, so uh, uh, I'm looking for I that. Know, they didn't play but that I'm,
0: badly, they, apparently. they played all right. right?
2: Yeah. I guess, I guess. I mean, certainly I'd I'd like to see better preseason form than them uh, in terms of attacking Noose, but uh, beyond that, you know, macro, I'd like to see it on Apple TV. You kind of chance danced around it, but, you know, we're – what a week into this uh, this brave new world of this OTT service, and I think this would be a great test run. And I'm I'm I've got my fingers and toes crossed that they're going to announce it. And uh, I just want to go into the chat for a second because uh, the chat's talking about what's happening with, in terms of over the air broadcast. And yeah, yeah, I don't think TSN. To answer your question, Nathan, I don't think TSN is doing one MLS game a week. I don't know how the numbers work out, but it will certainly be less. Than what they were broadcasting previously. I think it's one and,
0: Canadian game
1: a yeah, week. Yeah, it's one Canadian I, game a okay. week. So yeah, and then, then they'll they do other games game yeah, yeah. And then they'll okay. do other games during, like other games in the league um, during that period. I don't know exactly how that's going to sort of wash out. Um, plus, a bunch of games on Apple TV are going to be free. So you don't. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, to percent yeah, so you don't necessarily have to have season pass, but obviously, if you want to guarantee to watch like every Toronto FC game, that's that's yeah. what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, yeah, I I yeah, don't think a... you can hang your hat on being able to watch every single game
0: without dipping into your wallet, Nathan. If you're like a season ticket uh... holder, though. Uh, they do get it. You do get a login code, I believe. Yeah, I got it already. Drag. Yeah, I got mine already. It's, yep.
1: it's on. And so far, to be perfectly honest, I know we're, we weren't necessarily scheduled to talk about uh, the Apple TV deal, but oh, I wanted we to are here, oh, yeah, yeah, as we are here. Let's let's just quickly dip, dip mm-hmm. into it like Uh, So far the content's been okay. Um, Mm. Some of it is like stuff that was already on YouTube and you could have got for free. I'm glad you saw it. So that that is a thing, but I get it at the same time. Like when you talk to um, people that are in the social media world slash the media content world for these clubs, they weren't given a ton of time to get a a lot of this material together for the drop. So kudos to, and obviously from our perspective, Friend of the show, Eric Giacometti, um, Brooklyn Fell for getting all of that together um, for Apple because uh, essentially they kind of got like, a I don't know if they even got a month's notice before they're like, yeah, oh, you yeah. need to drop everything and put everything on this platform. So um, yeah. the drone tours are kind of cool. Um they are. We'll do they one of BMO Field pretty soon. Um, BMO's <laughs> not on there yet. Um But, nope. but uh, those are kind of fun. And then, of course, they've got like the classic stuff like the Canadian, the, the, Eastern Conference Semifinal from 2016. They got the retrospective on that. I'm in it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's in it? And Who's in it?
2: This boy right here. Yeah. I'm yep, in yep. it.
1: And I swear a lot in it. So you can <laughs> drop a few bombs in there that uh, Clayton Hansler was so nice to bleep out. Um, but also, like, you can just look back at some of, like, the previous stuff that's out there. Like... Um, If you haven't seen the movement, um, which is actually something that good show, Caitlin Carr, Caitlin Carr, excuse me, um, Mm -hmm. former MLS player used to to run that show for a couple of seasons. They have a few episodes up and that was a really, really like underrated, slept on sort of um, piece of content that MLS uh, created. So some good stuff on there, but also some stuff you can kind of live without.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a whole page notes because I, I <laughs> suffered through all, uh, all whatever thirty something club profiles, and uh, you know, Ooh, the first thing, every the first profiles. thing that struck me is is just the maddening inconsistency in terms of running time and subject matter. I mean, LAFC put a thirty minute doc in there, like a proper documentary, professionally produced, professionally mixed. FC Dallas, same thing, about twenty five minutes, but the general spread is about two to ten minutes. I mean, there's some teams in there that have essentially like a 1 minute 14 second hype video. Uh so yeah, you know, that that was a surprise to me because, you know, as as you just said so eloquently, like we heard coming down the line this laundry list of deliverables from MLS and then to know that and then come in and see just a, such a wide spread between the content that was on offer and to be honest, you know, some of them had problematic sound mixes versus some that were more polished so just a just this like really big dichotomy between running time subject matter uh uh you know uh the quality of the actual broadcast itself or content itself uh broadcast is is an old dog not learning new tricks was was a bit of a surprise um but certainly you know it's nice to have it all in one place it's going to necessitate me buying a Raku that I don't need because I cannot Chromecast from the iOS app to my Chromecast, so I've got to adjust my entire Hi-Fi set. But uh, overall, pretty impressive. <laughs> There's some good content in there. The the FC Dallas one, they basically took the mantle of like talking about soccer in America because of their associations with Lamar Hunt, so it's a it's a really good watch. And uh, the LAFC one, you know, is their entire collected history, which isn't that long in in a 30 minute little you know, made for television nuggets. So it's it's quite good.
0: Yeah, as Mike said, like the the amount of time that they had to kind of turn it around, I'm not surprised that there may be some inconsistencies. Uh, so, mm. you know, shout out to everyone who was involved in, in getting all of those pieces of content up. I haven't dove in quite the same extent as, as you guys have. So looking forward to doing that. And I, just, we don't have to go too deep into this, just quickly, maybe 30 seconds or left, less for each of you. Apple TV deal, good or bad for Major League Soccer? Mm, uh, Jeff, you league go first because
1: I've I've got it. I mean, I I
2: have I have extra feelings on this. This hits me in the feels because of what's thirty happened. seconds or less with, with SB Nation. I just <laughs> think that uh, the the league behind a paywall at the same time as SB Nation slash Vox Media kind of shutters up at the same time as this League's Cup, uh, you know, creates this insane imbalance where you've got like double the games before league's cup to after league's cup. I'm I'm worried. I I feel um you know bad for exposure. Uh, I'm not going to go mm-hmm. as far as Nathan says in the in the comments because he added good for lining pockets. That's um, true. Well, I mean, but I'm not I'm not going to be negative about that because if it's being, you know, if it's being used oh, to, it be a good to further thing. the league, yeah. then it could be a good thing like lottery, you know what I mean? So it can't it's not all bad, but it's it's a lot it's a lot. Any one of these things on their own is a challenge. So to have all three of them kind of compounding at the same time, I, it, it gives me pause. I I am worried about, you know, does MLS disappear in this new OTT landscape and, 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 you know, compounded by all the other stuff that's going on.
1: Yeah. I, uh, so I am kind of mixed at the moment, to be perfectly honest. I know that's not a, that's sort of sit on the fence answer, but, um, Part of this is, look, the money, the league needed it. They weren't going to get this kind of money anywhere Mm -hmm. else in terms of its broadcasting rights. And, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody wants an increase in salary cap and wants the league to spend more money on players. Well, this is part of it, right? Like, this is how you get there, um, is to get that kind of TV money. Uh, So that's one thing. I think the other thing that worries me. uh, Can we call it TV money now? Well, <laughs> Apple TV money. How about that? A, <laughs> well, yeah, no, right. it's, a, it's a fair it's question. Yeah, I mean, media yeah, money. Yeah, it's media I think media money. at this yeah. point, yeah. OTT is TV money, right, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, it, no, it, no. That's it's... just a fact. Um, yeah. The thing that worries me the most about this deal is I think how it could potentially impact the competitive nature of the league. Like, there's a report mm-hmm. out today from Paul Tenorio and Sam Stachko and The Athletic talking about the playoff structure for 2023 and how they're adding two additional... Um, sort of play-in spots uh, for this year's playoffs, which, by the way, we'll get back to Toronto. I've seen in a second, but if they can't make the playoffs or make the play-in this year, oh, boy. Um, But at this point, you know, you're going to have eight teams per each conference. That's 60, I think, 2% of the league make some kind of playoff like I think it was
0: nine teams per conference. It's gonna be nine teams per con- oh, that's right. Yeah, because you got the
1: play in, right? That's the play on. Yeah. So each conference is gonna have the, the eight, nine seed play each other, I think, for a play-in, and then they officially become the eight seed and play the play the number one seed. So, you know, from that perspective, I'm worried that it impacts the competitive nature of this league, especially because we're already struggling to make early season games and games in June matter, right? Yep. And 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 that makes these games early on, in, which is by this way, this season are extremely backloaded to April and May and June. Yep. Um, you know, we keep saying they're important, but now if you've got two extra potential spots, you know, they'll still be important to us that cover it all the time. But generally speaking, for a lot of fans, it's going to be like, well, call me in August when the real race is on. Um, so from that perspective, that's where
0: I'm a little worried.
2: It's a fair. It's a fair concern. One hundred percent.
0: I have no idea, right? This is revolutionary. Like this is yeah, the, yeah. Major League Soccer is the first team or league that's taken this jump to an exclusive Isn't CPL streaming. Kind of doing that right now.
1: I mean, the lower, yeah. not the same level, but if Jeff, your concerns about not having games on television, um, you know, if you want to look at the CPL from a exposure perspective not from a playing perspective right let's Mm -hmm. put that aside for a second because actually the 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 product on the field is fantastic it's good the issue is that like you just can't get enough exposure for this league like the the cpl does not get exposure and that's partly because it is not on television um or conventional Mm -hmm. tv and that and people lose out on understanding who are these teams why should they matter why do these players matter like why should i ca- like if you're looking at it from the cplx perspective why should i care about you know um, daniel crutzen leaving forging going over to phoenix rising like why does that matter mm-hmm. um, and i think yeah. you run the risk of that with apple tv down the road when people are like well why should i care that fc dallas is an academy powerhouse that produces all these players. I never see them on TV, so why does it matter? Um, Yeah, yeah, two points, two points
2: to you. Uh, The first is, is that I think the CPL has a more endemic problem to what you said on the surface level, which is, as a development league, part of the CPL's DNA is that players are not necessarily staying forever, including the lifers that come in, for one last kick around, they're going to retire. So it's not necessarily just an eyeballs access thing. That's a bigger problem. That's a systemic problem with any league that isn't at the upper echelon. I would say that's most leagues. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it, it, the, ask, the ask becomes, how, why should I care about Daniel Crutzen? Not necessarily because I can't see him on TV, but because if he reaches a certain level of performance, he's vapor right and and I think that that's something that that leak has to figure out the other thing is that I always take issue with this because I think that there's a, a super flaw and you didn't go there but I just want to make sure that my position is known and that is this idea that you're going to grow the game with this mythical unicorn 10 year old cherub that comes down the stairs on Sunday morning and it's on TV is rose-colored glasses most kids Subscribe to ten times the OTTs that we do. So this idea that the younger generation works in the same way that we did when we were younger is patently false, right? Now I'm not saying that it's not the answer, and there isn't any merit in the in in a, in a lesser avenue to access. But I am saying that the argument itself I find incredibly flawed because younger audiences are ten times more sophisticated than we were as children, and when our parents were as children. So like, let's not be ye of little faith here. And, and, and dismiss out of hand this OTT. Personally, I'm more concerned about what I saw with the CPL, which is, you know, OTT requires a Wi-Fi signal. So this idea of going to a bar and having this communal experience where you're watching the game on TV becomes there. There's now blockages there because you're playing the One Sockers or the Apple TV+. Plus. On the same Wi-Fi as every other punter is you know texting their mom on so eventually there's good it's just not as stable as cable it's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing us that the two things were the same so that's a concern for me you know yeah. you, you, you see it when you watch the zone Champions League games in busy pubs occasionally the signal cuts out and that sort of thing so it's a it's a technical concrete issue that I have with this that that I figured is worth mentioning fair
0: no it, it was yeah and i, I think just to, just to wrap this conversation mm-hmm. up I, I think everybody the consensus is like we're not worried about the diehards or mls isn't worried about the diehards like they know mm-hmm. you're subscribing you're yeah. watching every game you're gonna consume as much content as you can the question is, how are you going to grow the league? How is now the average Joe going to tune into an MLS game? Because a lot of times maybe people are scrolling through TSN, their, their television, they, TSN pops up, Major League Soccer on. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was on. Let me uh, mm-hmm. watch this game. That's not possible anymore unless you're scrolling through Apple TV, right? Or once a week, obviously, that the Canadian game. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see, I guess, how mm-hmm. this plays out. But yeah. I think I can hear both sides of the argument so far let's see we're entering a new era it's exciting yeah yeah let's let's
1: table this for for a couple months down the road as we see how this Mm -hmm. launches out and how the games go um if you if you're a fan of major league baseball uh, which i am i checked out a couple of the apple tv games last year yeah so good they were good. They were good. I, they, they were good. I, I mean, like, it's different. Really well. It's definitely different Um, the way that they presented it, but I didn't necessarily mind. Different doesn't always mean bad, guys. It just means different, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to... Embrace some of the new elements that they're bringing, which I think um, is going to be unique for MLS and, and just soccer broadcasting in, in general. Um, but we digress. We'll get back to TFC. Um, oh, sorry, Jeff. Go <laughs> ahead. Go, it's it's interesting ahead.
2: that you raise that because one of my favorite things about watching baseball and baseball is one of the first services that had that like blackout were limited sort of around the league subscription was watching the local broadcast, you know, like the color commentators were always so idiot Socratic, you know, they they were sponsored up the Wazoo by local businesses. So it was like getting a slice of life, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't like being at the ballpark, but it was like the second closest thing, you know, and, and certain baseball stadiums had different camera angles because they weren't this like homogenized kind of, kind of thing. So to your point, if baseball can survive, the Apple TV kind of, you know, Apple store cookie cutter approach, then MLS doesn't have to be worried about anything because if baseball can survive having like that much of its personality for lack of a better word, kind of ripped out, then, then, then soccer is, is, is going to be just, it was
0: actually, it was actually the opposite with baseball and Apple TV. Mm. They got more access and they took you actually on the field closer to the players. You saw more of the personality with what they upped their production to a level I've never seen when watching. I watch a lot of baseball. I've never seen the way that Apple does. And it got to the point, actually, hmm. where by the end of the season, Sportsnet started doing some of the stuff that Apple TV was doing. Oh, well, that's the greatest competition ever. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, as soon like as the 4K an cameras, event, yeah. You would have – you'd go right up to the pitcher and just see his, like, instant reaction. So that's really exciting just to see – what they could do with major league soccer, because I think mm-hmm. the production level is going to go to a level. Maybe we haven't even seen before so far in in our days here.
2: That's tremendously exciting. And if we start to see the, the kind of ideas, the fresh thinking that we're seeing in Apple TV cross the pond to the more mm-hmm. established, then we know that it's been a success. I, I, I I'm going to look out for that. I think that's really, they also there. have I'm, the,
0: uh, the like goal rush kind of feature yeah. where yeah,
1: they'll, they'll have a whip around show. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean
2: the, yeah, you know, our, our season moments, tickets. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So
1: yeah, for nerd and MLS nerds like me, when TFC aren't playing, um, then definitely that will be a uh, resource that I'll take advantage of. But um, I digress. Again, we'll get back to TFC. <laughs> we will table this conversation because obviously, yes, this I, is a big. I kind of like choosing game. the game to watch and then cho-
2: choosing the wrong one and looking on Twitter and everybody's like, "You watching the game that you didn't choose? It's amazing!" And I'm like, yeah, "Watching a nil-nil snorefest." Yeah,
1: drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> (laughs) Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, Michael, to your point, um, just going back to talking about TFC and the start of their season, um, or start of the preseason, I should say. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of people looking at this game on Wednesday and just trying to figure out what exactly this team is going to be right before we even dive into really formations or anything like that. Like what is the personality of this team now? Um, under Bob Bradley, I think we got bits and snippets of that, last season um, but now we're getting the full sort of view now that he's got more of his sort of players and more of opportunity and time to sort of teach and deliver the things that he wants to do on the pitch and that'll be interesting to see delivered at least you know in the first 45 you know it depends on how long they run out the starters I suspect it'll be 45 and they'll do wholesale changes at halftime but um, that that will be interesting to watch if we get a chance to watch it
0: yeah. So fingers just crossed. To yeah. Your question, like, what what is what are we expecting out of a Bob Bradley team? I think it's a lot of it is what we saw last year. Uh, obviously, it didn't go to the same extent that we're going to see this year, just because of the personnel. But a Bob Bradley team is a team that loves playing with possession. They love creating advantages on the field, and they like taking. Uh, advantage of those advantages for lack of better words um <laughs> so for for fans that missed that sort of action from toronto fc the last couple seasons obviously again a lo- we had a, a decent amount of it last year but before with chris armis and, and lesser extent javier perez and the personnel tfc gave up possession a lot more than probably we've been accustomed to because greg vanney like bob bradley loved playing with the ball so i think we're going to see a lot more of that especially when you bring in quality center backs and quality defenders and you have a healthy trio of midfielders and insigne Bernardeski, obviously then that part you know that part's exciting if you're a fan who likes how you're watching your team play with the ball and then when they, they don't they don't have the ball i expect them to counter press in an effective efficient way i guess is the best way to put it there's certain areas on the pitch that i think bob bradley likes his team to i want to say trap other teams at so we'll see just exactly how that works now the the tough part about that is that when you have guys like and we saw this last year insigne and jesus jimenez and if you for whatever reason you don't have ozorio mark anthony k and michael bradley tfc at times looked like the field was really big if that makes sense and they weren't covering a lot of the ground they're burning out and running out of energy quite quickly Insigne hmm. isn't meant to press. And I saw a quote uh, this past week. It was about Lionel Messi. And it was PSG's coach that said, Lionel Messi isn't expected to track back. He's, hmm. he's beyond that. And I wonder if that should be the same sort of mentality when it comes to a guy like Lorenzo Insigne. Get sort of the Sebastian Javanko treatment almost. Where, okay, like there are times that he actually did put in a decent amount of work defensively yeah. last year. So That's I don't true. want mm-hmm. to discredit that. But is he better utilized when he's not being asked to do as much defensively? And I wonder, I wonder if we see some sort of version of that this year, hmm. if all three guys in midfield are playing uh, at, at their capabilities. Yeah, yeah. But Jeff,
1: do you think like the fan base can have because you because we heard it a little bit last year, right? The, this fact that sometimes mm. body quote unquote body language when Insigne doesn't necessarily track back then we're kind of on him. But at the same time, it's like, are you asking a Ferrari to try, you know, to pull or tow cars, right? That that's not 100%. Wow. That is a,
2: that is a Jeff Nesker quality. I got it. I'm learning. I'm learning. That was, that was, that was exceptional. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, when people talk about European superstars coming to MLS and dominating the league, they're not, the picture in their head is is not you know clutch tackles in our final third it's highlight real goals so that you know like let's embrace that idea right it's you know th- this idea of the all-conquering euro superstar doesn't involve dispensive responsibility in anybody's mind's eyes so i don't understand why there's an emphasis on that and certainly you know I would say nine, nine not ninety percent, but a lot of the time when you saw Seba make defensive plays, it was just because he felt like doing it. It wasn't necessarily his responsibility yeah. on the pitch. So to lessen the load, I think is smart. You know, if, if if Lorenzo had hit ground running and just dominated, then you know, second season it's about hey, maybe you want to help us out, but let's not put the apple before the cart. Uh, let's sort him out and get him comfortable in this league. You know, certainly. Attacking players of his flair are targeted for some violence in MLS. So let's let him figure out, you know, what spaces he has to occupy and what kind of shenanigans he has to pull in the attacking third before we double up his his homework. And I I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, I think that, that I think that's fair. I think like when you. <laughs> When you, look, well, I mean, it's a good point, right? I mean, there's not much you can say there, right? Like, yeah, I, I think yeah. it, it it makes the point that, um, you know, whether it's Bernadeschi on one side or Insignia on the other, I think the idea is that, you know, you want to keep those players as high up the pitch as possible, right? For potential breaks or outlets and things like that, right? To be able to really jumpstart your attack, uh, yeah. and, and the idea that I, you know, it, look, if I see uh, Federico Bernadeschi. You know, playing as a left wing back, trying to make tackles, something is horribly wrong, right? Right? Like, and and I wanted to
2: ask you boys this question: Um, In your opinion, what is the difference between Bradley Ball and Vanny Ball? And if I could pause it, is it that Vanny is much more tiki taka with intricate triangles and overloads that can even tactically take itself right into the attack, and Bradley's much more direct? Like, the idea is get it to those wingers. And and bum rush the show kind of deal,
1: Mike. I, I'd love to get your thought on it. To me, I think it comes down to the the pressing uh, part of the game, right? I think uh, from a from an offensive perspective, like you said, they like to, both teams like to keep the ball really really well. They want to be able to impose the way that they play on people. I think the counter pressing is a little bit more intense from a Bob Bradley team, whereas to me, it feels like a Greg Vanney team is okay not necessarily sitting back, but can absorb some pressure and then sort of win the ball back. Um, And and then, and sort of then build itself up again um, through kind of not necessarily set plays, but being able to make sure that your players are in the right spot to then be able to trigger certain actions on the pitch.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I think Bob Bradley's teams, the way that, you know, press is a little bit of a buzzword, but you're right. The way that they, you know, defend without the ball is is different than Greg Vanney teams typically. They're actually fairly similar when when you take hmm. a step back and think about it. Um I think Greg Vanny's preferred formation while he was here with Toronto was what the 4-2-3-1. That was probably yeah. his his go-to. I think there were times we saw 4-3, but then he also like never got the personnel I think that he Tim Winger, the like, elusive no, search. Yes, yes. Winger. And even when yeah, he oh. did, even when he did, he it wasn't. It didn't work out. So he had to adjust. Um, he was fairly flexible doing that, and he adjusted quite a bit during his time. Obviously, when we think about those great 2017 teams, that wasn't a four two three one, right? Although it was the diamond. Yeah, that was a three five two or a four four two diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. I think ph- philosophically speaking, you're right, Jeff. Uh, Bob mm-hmm. Bradley's teams like to attack and, and are more direct when they get to the right positions. Um, both guys, I think, like to have a, a striker that can make runs in behind. I think that's mm. their preferred Way of managing it, and a striker that sets the tone. I think that's a bit, that's a big difference between the two. Wow, is wow that's, I think Bob yeah. Bradley's strikers. He likes his strikers to be work, like have fantastic ten out of ten work rate. Weird. Whereas Greg Vanny, you can get away with it without it. Not that Bob can't, but we saw the way that Greg worked with a guy like I don't know Josie Altador, for example. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way that him and Seb- Sebastian Javenko moved up front. So, yeah, it's 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 similar, but there are, like, small differences that, that I've seen. Now, again, we saw year one of Bob Bradley, right? We don't know. when we saw different versions of Bob Bradley last year as well. We saw him have to adapt to sort of the pieces that yeah. he had. So, the, to your point and original question, just wrapping this all up, I know it's a long answer, but to, to your original question, Mike, I think we're going to see a lot more of, of what Bob Bradley wants to do this year now that he's brought in sort of pieces that he – Is meant to be sort of his pieces,
1: yeah. And these are going Hmm. to be two interesting matchups that they have this week because you have a Vancouver team that is mostly the same team from last year with a couple of upgrades. You know, they brought in a young Uruguayan center back. Yep, Um, Yep. they brought in, I believe, another midfielder Um, to take the heat off Ryan Gold. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, So, so from that perspective, though, it's essentially the same team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they match up against Vanni Sartini's team because like in the only I think right the only time they played them um no they actually played them twice but like when they played them in the championship um final you know they had a they, they struggled a little bit in terms of breaking them down like they had a lot of possession yeah. and could not break them down and that is mm-hmm. going to be the interesting piece to see if now we have more of the you know lock picks to say that to to Unlock a team but when they sit back. On are you gonna see that in preseason, yeah. though? My yeah, and that, that's are you gonna also see a good that point. in a preseason game. Um, From I, I wouldn't be yeah. a little
0: bit too too deep into that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean I, maybe, but like at the same time, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're, you're watching both teams sort of work on different facets of the game, right? Some will sit back to work on their defensive shape because this is something they're really focusing on. And then you'll have mm-hmm. times in the game where yes, it might be a little bit more open because they want to see how they work in transition. And then other times like the TFC are probably going to maybe sit back a little bit and just work on their defensive shape and have an understanding of what they want to do on the pitch. So I think from, From preseason games, you see sort of different styles of games throughout the entire game um, in terms of just things that they're working on to overall get better as a unit. So, again, that's going to be an interesting to watch on Saturday and of course, or sorry, on Wednesday and then on Saturday. You know, you take on LAFC, you take on the champs. And who knows, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang might be I mean, an LAFC player by Saturday. Me. I was about
2: to say Pierre-Emerick <laughs> Aubameyang's LAFC, but you absolutely scoop me. And I'm so <laughs> mad. Um, yeah, but no, I, you know, I dig that. Like, honestly, you know, catch it on Apple TV, MLS Plus. But if, if the Whitecaps come out in a low block to start this preseason game, Maybe that's a pretty good indication of of how they're gonna try and play this year. I I I dig that. I dig that analysis there, Mikey. Uh, Mikey Newell. And and certainly,
0: I'd like to see Obama Yang uh, uh, play for, for LAFC. That would be fun. Just like, not. You know. Well, you know what's funny. You know what's funny is that you think about preseason last year, and now we're talking about okay, Toronto FC is gonna go out there, gonna try a bunch of different things, and just see what's what's working, what they need to work on. Preseason last year—that's not that was not the tone. Of Toronto M.C. <laughs> <City. Toronto laughs> was. Uh, yeah, we're just gonna try and figure out who yeah. can play what position. Yeah, 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 so yeah. We could slot in as our starting left back, and who's mm-hmm. gonna start a right back for us? No. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the tone and stance have changed a lot, which I think is a positive.
2: Yeah, I absolutely. preferred the preseason where we destroyed Club Leon and then just went into the season like with this. Completely hey, that was a preseason, man.
0: Of- Come on. And that was, yeah, it felt, yeah. it was, it was kind Champions of felt League. like preseason. but
2: anyway it was it was the it was the twilight on Chris Armis's uh Leeds is Chris Armis's career with uh with with TFC. Um everybody's asking if the games are televised guys guys ladies and gentlemen, we don't know. We hope so because it would be a great test run for for MLS on Apple TV Plus, but we do not have the answers for you. Um Yeah, no idea. When we find out, guaranteed we're going to tweet with lots of emojis. So just follow all our Twitter accounts and and hopefully MLS knows. I mean, but that being said, this is not an easy thing to do. And, and there is a cost outlay. Listen, when they, you know, if it had been played in, say, Providence Park, which it isn't, um, you're set to go there. You just need to bring the staff and the cameras in. But this is not a traditional venue. So there is a significant cost outlay involved in making it street legal for a televised broadcast. Like we saw in the MLS's back tournament at that uh, Disney thing, so you know, there's also maybe, broadcast who knows.
0: and broadcast restrictions. And oh yeah, absolutely. But but to me,
2: to me, the nuts and bolts of just setting it up, you know, yeah, just getting a, getting cherry pickers yeah, in there lot. to get the right
1: angles is is mm-hmm. is prohibitive enough. But I'd love to see it. I, I that mean, said, Who wouldn't? Y- yeah, yeah, of course, but that's it. I mean, what? I think there are twelve teams in the league at this tournament right now. So it's not like it's some random tournament out in the middle of nowhere, right? Like this is yeah. a tournament where a quarter, more than a quarter of the league, um, is currently stationed and playing games. This tournament's already started, actually. Um, oh well, then maybe we're not seeing. And I don't yeah. think I don't think I've seen any. Okay, scratch um, that, everybody. Okay. I hate to be the bearer of so, bad news, but it ain't happening. So, no, yeah, no yeah. idea. No, absolutely no idea. Well, Maybe we'll go back let's... to the uh, 2010, 2011 days where they just had a web camera auto tracking <laughs> with no commentary <laughs> as, as we mm-hmm. lose Demetrius Umafoy trying to go down the left wing or something like that. Bring I'll it. Take a bring radio,
0: it, a radio announcing yeah. at this point. Um, I'll let's see, let's table Let's. I guess let's bring up the the topic of conversation or burning question. Mike, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here at all. But, no, no. First, it.
2: we got to talk about your your impressions we're... of Sean Johnson. Okay. Well, well let's okay. Talk let's about go into. Already... Yeah, okay, yeah we're already right. On
1: this topic, let's yeah, let's go for this. it. We're already on the topic, and we'll come back to the notebook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Damn.
0: Sorry, I ruined that segue so, for everybody. No, that's all right. <laughs> so, do we? Do you guys think that preseason games should be televised by the teams? Like, do you think there should be a stream, or are you okay with preseason games being played? quote-unquote, behind closed doors?
1: Yeah, so interesting. We've gotten a lot of responses um, to this question. I posted it on uh, Twitter earlier today. Um, And a couple of responses here. I'll read a few, and then obviously I'm sure there's a few people in the the chat today that are going to have some uh, thoughts on this. So Greg Finley uh, just says, I think games should be available to media as a minimum. Uh, The amount of information shared doesn't need to be extensive, but lineups would be nice. So uh, that's one point of view. I think there was an ongoing conversation. I'll, I'll take Noel Allen's point here. Um, big clubs use preseason to build the team and promote the club in new areas. Toronto FC uses preseason to hide from TFC Live, I gave the fan base, uh, and they literally fly wow. to the, of the United States to get away from us would like to watch preseason games to see where we are at. And I get both sides of this coin. And, and there mm-hmm. are similar comments going forward. Um, you know, uh, I think we got Shet here saying like he used to go down to Florida uh, when TFC used to play in the old Disney tournament um, for preseason. I, I think there's this whole, you know, at least if you don't have the games televised or, you know, a pro- professional production crew out there, we know you can't always do that. But at least text updates through Twitter or, you know, at least, you know, the Philadelphia Union for every one of their preseason games. What they've done is put out their lineups and, and not just who's starting, but how they're going to line up to start the preseason game and then when they do the switch over they they put the next set in and how they're going to line up for the second half mm. so you mm. get not only who's playing but how the general of course formations change during games and they morph and they alter based on how the game state is but generally speaking you have an idea that yes they're playing a 4231 and here's who's going to line up where and here's kind of the idea so there's that side whereas you know Noel's point is this is Piece to continue to promote the club when you're not necessarily in season playing games every single weekend right and i get that point too as somebody who you know not just is a fan but also has worked in the industry the the, the worst thing is in terms of a team going to start the season is apathy right this idea of mm-hmm. like all right the season's starting uh, yeah, you know, like that's and I, look, the hardcore TFC fan. Of course, you're excited for the 25th, right? You're you're ready to go. You want the season to start, but it goes back to our earlier comments in the Apple TV segment of how do you get new fans involved? How do you get new mm-hmm. people that might want to check out what TFC is doing with the two new Italians? They haven't heard anything here of this team since October, right? And essentially, yeah. they're just going to get sort of dropped back cold in it in February and without that preseason hype to sort of say like, Hey, we still got these two new guys. They're going to be amazing. Full rest. Now you're going to see them at full strength. You haven't heard it very little. Right. And, and and I get that point from Noel and, and, and other people in the comments have also kind of chimed in with a similar message there.
2: Okay. Uh, A lot, a lot of uh, uh, thoughts on that. The first is Danny raises it. If the team is trialing people, Um, no, uh, that's their prerogative. They don't want to reveal that they're, they have trialists and and who and what they are and what positions they're playing. Um, I don't know how well I fall on preseason games are, are revealing certain tactics to the enemy. Um, because we just spent 20 minutes talking about how it's just going to be Timbit soccer out there generally. But I lean back on my previous point, which is the technical requirements to broadcast a game at a certain quality and then I will raise you with. These are not going to be full stadiums, and they are not going to be up to snuff with maybe the optics that MLS wants to present
1: given the opportunity. But Jeff, you they've know, been playing... doing that for years, though, right? Like the the preseason. I don't. I don't, I don't, don't disagree. Do, I, like yeah. no one would do that. I think people understand that that in Major League Soccer is going to be what preseason is, right? Like they and then know, and then
2: I. But I, I want that guy going to the boardroom telling Apple. Hey, a month before you unload your wraparound show with the whiz bang bedazzled everywhere, we're gonna just stream this this from like uh, the Paramount Fine Food Center adjacent in Boise, Idaho. I can understand Apple saying, "What now? How much? How many hundreds of millions of dollars did we just give you, and you're going to cheapen?" Do so you know what I mean? There's a lot of cooks in the in the kennel. To me, I will always lean on the fact. Listen, it's not just about setting up the the cherry pickers to get the right angle. It's the union structure. It's the uh, it's access to good crews. It's whether you know you have to pay triple overtime to these people and where it lands. The minutiae of the actual nuts and bolts of the technical production may preclude it. I don't necessarily agree with the idea of we're spilling the beans and they're going to figure out our playbook because I do think that's a whole lot of be BS. But I do think that. People tend to gloss over, one, if the club is, if there's a trial, this is not happening. You know what I mean? If Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is right now training with LAFC, they do not, they're not going to be interested in a, in a preseason game. Generally speaking, I mean, I you know, I remember the year that TFC was playing a preseason game against I believe it was the LA Galaxy, and the LA Galaxy have a contract now gone, but they had a contract with Spectrum Sports just like the Dodgers do, and Spectrum was playing their preseason games. So I was going to every you know disreputable pirate stream ever trying to see if someone was, was simulcasting this professionally produced Spectrum stream. Right. Um, and it was it was completely blocked out, but it was available to people in Los Angeles area that subscribe to that. So there's so there's so many little details that people are ignoring when they just decide to be angry because they, they don't get to see Lorenzo Insignia a week before they get to see him, you know, officially. I, I, to me, it, it, see, there's a lot of things that people don't recognize. So so in when I see these arguments, I, I tend to gloss over them because they, they seem awfully naive to me because they don't take into account the the real nuts and bolts
0: yeah yeah like i think let me preface this by saying if you can work it out logistically in terms of getting a good camera and having the crews whatever you need to do even if it's i mean last year was just what the the camera on the sidelines kind of thing it was just moving back and forth
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah exactly um so, even something like that, I, I say do it because essentially what Mike was saying, grow the game. Like, for a league that puts so much of its detail behind closed curtains, like, one I, we've talked about this in the past, but one of the biggest challenges I think in growing Major League Soccer is that everything's not out in the open and mm-hmm. fans mm-hmm. can't play Armchair GM. Now, yeah. I understand soccer, that's a little bit different than perhaps other. North America not sports. played football manager it's exact to me it's exactly the same everybody played football <laughs> oh yeah yeah sure they have all the details correct um so yeah you can't play armchair gm so for a league that does that already i think if there's a way to, to broadcast games just do it just it, mm-hmm. to to grow the game a little bit more but you're right Joe. you raise a lot of good valid points and maybe well i does i go can into the yeah yeah
2: i can counter um, it all by saying By tagging this the Coachella tournament and giving it that sort of umbrella term, you create an expectation that it's going to have a certain standard of quality that would lend itself to broadcast. So they the league is double dipping, you know. If you call it preseason, call it preseason. If you call it a friendly, call it a friendly. But the second that you exactly. give it gloss and a sponsorship and and all of that razzmatazz, has, then it there it feels like there, it's a missed opportunity to not televise
1: it. So I Well, yeah, I mean, look, this it. is this is a tournament you know, run by AEG, which are the owners of the LA exactly. Galaxy, right? Like exactly. so from that perspective, you think that there would be Uh, some effort to get this on some type... Again, whether you go stream it or not... Like, I'm not talking about... Who knows? And maybe it will be. Like, that's true. It could happen. We haven't heard... None of us have heard hair about it. Um, So if it does happen, it's going to be out of the blue in a last... I don't want to say last-minute decision, but it will be at least a last-minute announcement um for TFC mm-hmm. fans. But I can understand fans frustrate you. you you want to see this team and you want to get, like you said, Mike, the, the part of the appeal of it is that you, yes, you can play that armchair GM. And of course, people yep. are gonna have dumb takes and, and hot takes, and that, but that's that's kind of the fun of it. That's part of being a fan. And I think that, you know, taking that away for a period of time and Jeff, all your points are 100% valid, right? Like getting Mm -hmm. camera crews to go to venues that cannot support it or have a hard time supporting it is a nightmare. I I completely understand that. I I just think that if there's an opportunity to do so, whether again, you create an MLS's back tournament, which has been discussed by the league um Mm -hmm. or you decide hey you know what we're going to have aside from the teams that might be getting ready for champions league or something like that and they want to go to spain and train or whatever you know a certain amount of teams every year are going to go to these two locations one is in arizona one's in florida it's going to be at walt disney and somewhere in arizona where there can be tv access and they do it that way just like major league baseball does spring training then Mm -hmm. you know I, again like i just i, I can understand again I, I, and it's not just tfc i just want to say that it's not yeah, right i no, i've, I've talked to, to fans outside of the league or sorry outside of tfc who are running into the same issue, right? Like uh, apparently, LAFC fans are running into the same it's, issue.
0: It's universal. I see it's it universal, all the time. Like, in every exactly. Club so it's from not... that
1: perspective, it's not just a TFC thing. It you know mm-hmm, it is a mm-hmm. league thing um, that they have to work on. Um, I wonder if anybody in the does anybody in the chat have any comments about this? Because I would love to hear like some if anybody's got any take. Oh, on there's
2: this. there's a lot. There's a lot. And 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 you know I I I actually fall on your side because at the end of the day, when you give it the tag, the Coachella. <laughs> (laughs) tournament when you give it the razzle dazzle when you give it the branding and 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 the media package and all of that stuff then you create the expectation that this is something you want to see you are eliminating that barrier of but it's just a preseason game right you're now giving it the glitter and there i think it's fair for fans to go well why am i unable to see this sort of thing
1: 100 percent, and alex yeah percent I get you. I, 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 Alex C just has a great, um, point here Say preseason should be an opportunity to spin up the marketing, the stories in the soccer, um, target so right. enthusiast fans. Yeah, 100%. Like, yes, yeah. I, I, same, I loved watching all the kids last year. Like, the, the first time I saw Kosei Thompson was on a webcam in Austin in the rain against playing center Google. attacking midfield.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's center yeah, attacking yeah. Midfield against the of so, so, right? so
2: well set. Yeah, so well said. Absolutely, absolutely. But then there's
0: also this side of things, right? Where Danny mm-hmm. says Seba and preseason camp last year was a circus. They learned from that. If they have professionals in camp, they're looking at best to keep it under wraps. Well, like that's funny because like I remember last year, not only did they announce the training camp roster for the second camp, mm-hmm. they announced the training camp roster for the first camp. And I wonder yeah. why. Stop doing that, and maybe that's part of the reason because there was a little bit of a circus last year, but it was good. Was it that? Good yeah. yeah, I mean, was
2: it really all press is good press? Yeah, I mean, people are talking about you. Yeah,
0: everybody's talking about Seba. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's. I thought it was a good thing. Uh, yeah, but I, I, wonder I wonder why. Listen, it you, you, the philosophy. This
2: raises an unbelievably interesting point because you know, I I went through 20, 30 something hype videos to documentaries that belong on on Discovery History, right, and none of those. Broached the issue of that behind the scenes kind of training camaraderie beyond MTV style edits, right? You know what I mean. So, so is that an edict that went down straight from MLS HQ? That's because yeah, I'd yeah. much rather watch that than than fourteen infographics about why the rondel on the Philadelphia Union logo represents unity, which is all do- advertising double talk, right? Like that's captivating stuff, it's, and and it's
0: and such a now that point, Apple Jeff, because- TV, yeah. Yeah, there's such a delicate balance nowadays between media and PR. I find that a Mm -hmm. lot of the content that comes out, a lot of it's controlled by the clubs that are pushing a certain narrative. And if you're not talking about the narrative in the way that they want you to talk about the narrative, then maybe you don't get the same amount of access as, you know, Mm -hmm other like whatever it is right i'm not talking about me yep. personally because i have have great experiences with toronto fc and they they do help out but I'm, i've seen it with other clubs and other members of the media um so it's just it's interesting and like talking like remember those lists that came out it came it was about i don't know maybe 30 names on the list you had the opportunity to learn about players like learn about yeah, guys you've yeah. never known about like tfc2 players were on that list were like oh maybe he'll be uh you know, a future guy, maybe let's just mark him and know that he's actually in consideration to be part of the first team. But that brings up a a new caveat, which I think we're overlooking is, we don't have to go too deep into this, but they've revamped the homegrown rules where Mm -hmm. you no longer have sole... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Own ownership. you. don't Yeah. 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 In a way, over oh, you don't have dibs. I guess that's the best way to call it. You don't have dibs <laughs> now over mm-hmm. your homegrown players, right? Though They've now expanded that region in which other clubs can go dip into your homegrown market. So I wonder if now the fact that you're not publishing your roster, maybe that's part of it. Maybe you don't want to give the Colorado Rapids, for example, who's so good at scouting academies and scouting yeah, first team players. Very fair. They're trying to prevent that aspect of things. Well, maybe, so, but I mean, I, like, look, in the end of the day, if they want to scout your players, they'll send a scout to
1: your games and you, they'll see you anyway, right? Like, it, Or
2: I, make the Netflix series where it's the scouts versus the scouts and they're not releasing it. And then like six months later, we get to watch <laughs> that, that's all this injury over, you know, binge for it Apple for, for six. Hey man, it's, it's Like, it, this is supposed to be the brave new world. So nothing should be gospel. I would watch the hell out of that six episode series. I don't know about you guys. I would watch the hell out of it. Um, so so yeah like you know in a, in a roundabout way it, it almost doubles my disappointment that the first the first salvo for the Apple TV Brave New World is stuff that we've already seen before on YouTube and like piecemeal hype videos or misplaced documentaries there's a there's a there's a lot of potential here but there's a long
1: way to go before they realize it for sure, I'll say this for TFC fans. Um, again, mm. looking at other clubs' um, socials and what they've put out, we're pretty lucky here. Like we like the oh, fact, yeah. like oh yeah, like in terms of the amount of content. Now, granted, I really do think all for one. Um, no, we're getting off in a little tangent here, but all for one in terms of the half-hour documentary they used to do. Um, now it's just down to segments, and I get why—probably budgeting and things like that. But that should come back. Something of mm-hmm. that nature should come back. Oh, it was terrific! It had, they had episodes
0: terrific. last year, right?
1: They had yeah. ep- well. Remember the the episodes used to be like um. Remember yeah, looks like, so open gym, and then they have the open episodes. Gym. Yeah, 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 like yeah. open gym, right? Like those are like full out, like twenty five minute, like you could put commercials in them if you want. Now, I, I don't think yeah. you can commercialize all for one. I don't think you can get enough viewers on that as similar to open gym, but as right, a right. YouTube, a, Apple Plus, um, or you know, Apple. MLS Plus Pass subscription user, you get Say that, that thing times fast. I yeah, know. yeah. Um, no, I but, mean yeah, NYCFC.
2: Sure. Their media department used to do like forty-five minute, like cinema verite masterpieces, like no narrative, no narration, just cuts. But like, like almost like a concert video where it was like we're getting off the bus, and it was just sound bites, and then you know following players into various rooms and stuff like that. Inexcusably long, like forty-five minutes with with not a lot of narrative is is inexcusably long but like it's insane to me that that kind of creativity because because that's cool like it's cool that nycfc is the 45 minute uh you know cinema verite uh, uh socials team to not see that personality manifest in the apple and i really don't want to i mean you know we'll crap see. on on apple right. TV because
0: yeah we'll it see. might come we'll see it might come yeah right it yeah it's we'll only see. been out for five days right
1: so yeah yeah We'll yeah, see. They, they, they'll, we'll, they'll def, like, we'll definitely see. It. I, I would be interested in how teams push it because obviously some teams have the budget to do it, and some teams just do not. Exactly,
2: um, exactly. So parody that, and that MLS exist, but parody in their marketing departments—that's where it's super league. Yeah. That's where we're. Yeah, that's exactly. where we're going to see the real yeah, TFC the real got stuff, the yeah.
1: TFC got the MLSC Bay Street behemoth behind them, so they uh, yeah they exactly can pump those kind of things out. All right, let's uh, trans- mm-hmm. transition over to the Michael Singh notebook um, to wrap let's up the go. show. Uh, Mike, you were at the Sean Johnson press conference. He looked confident. he looked, you know, he looked like the guy, he, he looked like that guy, you know, um, as they yeah. say. So um, let's get your thoughts on so just the initial press conference and sort of what he was saying because I watched it and like you you got the sense that this is a guy who's comfortable and who he is, not just as a goalkeeper but as a leader on a team and, and is definitely going to help um, push some of the guys along here.
0: Yeah, he said all the right things, right? It was a standard press conference, basic questions, basic answers. Um, you know, he's well trained when speaking to media. And I think he was absolutely ready for this first day of of being a Toronto not first day, but unveiled as a Toronto FC player. Hmm. I think he handled it really well. Um you're right, Mike. He comes across as as a natural leader uh i'm interested to see what sort of impact that he'll have on that back line and how vocal he'll be just watching him and how mm. players respond to him. uh so that part's really exciting. I, I i mentioned this on on 442 this week but the biggest thing about Alex Bono that i think a lot of people are going to miss. they no, miss Alex Bono. I, but yes, a lot of people are going to miss Alex Bono in the sense that he was so beloved throughout that Toronto mm. FC locker room and organization, such a great character. Um, but Sean yeah. Johnson looks like he can he can definitely fill that void. It uh, seems like a guy who has his head on his shoulders by all accounts. And, of course, in the lead. But the most interesting tidbit of that press conference was Drizzy Drake coming through uh, for Toronto FC. So just, mm-hmm. just a little backstory, I guess, because I'm not sure how much detail you guys would have caught if you did rewatch the presser. But the plan was never for Drake to meet Sean Johnson Ooh, yeah mm-hmm. it was it he was just coincidence Soda, Soda. because Drake yeah. yeah hangs out at Soto Soto all the time um and obviously he knows you know TFC's management and there's a lot of them there so I guess he stopped by during that time he's met Sean Johnson before um so he just stopped by say hi and apparently put in he put in a good word for <laughs> for the city <laughs> for Toronto Man, Johnson thought. Yeah, Sean Johnson thought that was that was very cool. So, um, you know, I think that's always nice. I know for the way that some people feel about Drake, but for me, when he's doing that for your city and you don't hear about stories where he's doing that for other teams. Of course. You love that. You love that yeah, aspect. If, if you've got team, it flaunted, you love to have. see it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Swagger. Let's do the Whoa. swagger. Maybe well, me I mean, they... for Italian, every time I heard Soto Soto mentioned, I'm like, damn, I could go for a
1: lasagna or some spaghetti right now. <laughs> yeah, every damn I, I, time. I don't yeah. get that kind of paycheck to be at Soto Soto, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. look, I hey, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, people can say what they say, have a little laugh about the whole Drake thing. Um, it's interesting though that again, and, and I kind of posted this um somewhere else as well, but. Look, this is – Toronto FC's a team that has struggled the last two seasons, have not performed very well, um, have gone through a lot of – gone through management changes, three managers in two years. Um, and the fact that you could arguably get two of maybe the top – what do you want to say? Five? five seven, yeah, yeah. Three, three agents seven, yeah. in the league. is pretty um, impressive, come, yeah. And, and arguably maybe and other than everyone else. Yeah, and resign Reece- yeah. Oso, right? Like, and and you're talking about like other than maybe Aaron Long, um, is probably like the big, the two biggest free agents that were, and they tried with. for
0: Aaron Long, and they yeah. tried for Aaron Long, mm-hmm. yes,
1: right. So like from that perspective, you you nab those guys, plus you get Oso back, right? Like that's that talks to or speaks to the fact that this club still has the cachet. Put yep. Drake aside the the cache to sign players and get them to come here and believe in what we're trying to do here. Um, And I've said it it before you guys have said it before, I think, but sometimes although the losing sucks and you don't want to finish second bottom, um, you know, you rather go out spending and swinging than, you know, spend nothing and still be at the bottom right like from that perspective and and that to me is is the mark of what tfc is and should continue to be um although i still want them to use a young dp and use the u22 initiative Uh, spots i think that's the most efficient Um, way to use your cap. but
0: whatever but yeah just building off that one of the things that sean johnson said he was asked about you know specifically lorenzo insigne and bernadeschi and what he was hearing while i was at NYCFC, and he essentially just said he's much happier to be on this side of the battle because he was, he was, he said it scared them, I think was his exact words. It was scary uh, being on NYCFC's side. So, yes, you know, TFC still has that allure, but it's because of some of the ambitious signings that they make, right? Having mm-hmm. Insignia and Bernardeschi on your roster automatically makes your team that much more attractive. And we were all wondering what sort of effect it would have in terms of going out and be able, being able to get free agents. Yep. Maybe this is part of it. Um, notable. The free agents that they've signed at least in MLS. Pretty old, right? Yeah. Pretty old. We touched on that a little bit last week, Mike, but yeah, it's yep. worth, worth pointing out. And I wonder. And 32
1: and 33. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I wonder, mm-hmm. do you guys have any reservation about the length or the, the fact that you're paying Sean Johnson allocation money, Tam, it's nope. not, it's not actually not that common in major league soccer. I believe I looked it up. He's probably going to be like the in top three in terms of paid goalies in the league. Well, because so he's the top three goalie
1: in the league, right? Like that's yeah, that's the reason yeah. you're getting paid that much because you are that guy. So yeah, from yeah. that perspective, no, I'm not really concerned. Plus thirty-three for a goalkeeper is not really that old. Um yeah. Or, so, yeah, right, from that perspective. Matt Hedges, I think we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Mike, but yeah, that gives me a pause. I'm not at I, again I'm not uh I'm not shook by it. Um and look in contracts, so I'm sure there's ways to finesse if you need to move on from a deal, there's ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not as concerned about somebody like Matt Hedges as much. Um, of course, it's something to keep an eye on. Because, uh, I, 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 again, I, the roster has gotten much older in, in this sort of second, third part of the remakeover over uh, of TFC. Which isn't a bad thing. Which not necessarily mm-hmm. is a bad thing, but I, I do think that start going forward now we you know and if you add Diamande, who I think is thirty three as well or thirty two, mm-hmm. you know I, I you know you are adding some years to that and I think you now is starting to think about okay we've got this veteran core that is going to probably be part of the eleven and sort of the first guys off the bench. How do we now supplement that with younger players that can, can come in and make impacts in certain moments uh, of games uh, for the club? And I think that's the next sort of phase of things mm-hmm. that TFC need to focus on.
0: That's so funny that you said that because that's the complete opposite narrative of where this team was at. I know, a couple but that's ago. where I think they should mm-hmm.
2: go. Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
0: No, you're not wrong. Like now we can... You know, is TFC an older roster? Are they, do they have a good balance? Are they a young, like, what is TFC... I think they have a good balance. You know, when I, when you think about the amount of youngsters they have on the roster and think about guys like Raul Petretta and, you know, Sigurd Rosted, who is 28 years old, uh, which I mean, we can touch on him quickly. um, Go for it. Just from what, yeah, from what I heard, everything is finalized with Sigurd Rosted. I know last, last week his team announced, he was departing
1: well that was because mm-hmm. of the transfer window right they had to announce it because the transfer window for them was closing well i mean do they have to announce it like i, I think yes but get i mean they're gonna they, they had a game don't. on the weekend right so they're gonna have to be like well why is he not here you know like well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, gotcha. right like
0: yeah. um so yeah so i maybe maybe tomorrow maybe Wednesday you'll you'll hear an announcement for Sigurd Rosted. Uh, We're actually going to be speaking to Bob Bradley tomorrow morning. Um, so look out for any sort of tidbits that we cross um, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, he, he's going to be a Toronto FC player. He's 28 years old uh, set right footed center back who has spent time playing in Norway and also had a brief stint in Belgium, which fun fact he was actually teammates with Jonathan David for a season in Belgium at Gent. So um, mm. he has a little bit of that Canadian connection there. Uh, what I like about him specifically is he's not bad with the ball at his feet. He's actually pretty good. He's not afraid to carry the ball forward, but I, what really stood out to me was his aerial threat. And if you think about nice. this Toronto FC team, who who is an aerial threat on this TFC team? Do they have one? Lucas Mcgawton. Yeah, he's, he's actually really good. I was gonna say he's the best aerial threat on Toronto. City, yes, yeah, Lucas that would McNaughton, be yeah. like Matt Hedges isn't actually isn't that great in the air. Um, he is actually maybe slightly taller than Rosa, but he's I don't think he's that great in the air. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it plays. Out. I'm sure he's not bad, but I don't think he's unbelievable by any stance. I think Rosa is a little bit more aggressive when it comes to being able to get his head on the ball. Uh, Jesus Jimenez is. Okay, like if he's the ball finds him, he will do well at heading the ball. I think TFC scored mm-hmm. maybe two headed goals last year. No, three. Because you had DeAndre Kerr as well against NYCFC. Right, right. I think yeah, it yeah. was three headed goals last year. Um, so maybe he could be more of a threat off corner kicks as well. And defending your corner kicks, that's also huge. So you'll have two center backs that are sort of similar in stature now, uh out there every day to sort of defend your corner kicks. That part's that part's gonna be. Gonna be fun. It'll be interesting to see how exactly that dynamic works between both of those players. But Rosset, a guy that Bob Bradley is, I mean, knows and is known from his time in Norway. Obviously, he still has ties there. I'm sure he got a really in-depth report on Rosset. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Perfect. And yeah.
1: uh, you know, the the club is still hinting at other signings beyond Rosset. I think you know the, the club didn't quite necessarily confirm it, but sort of tongue in cheek and a little wink at us. That they, that, that he, another center back was going to be coming. Um, any, any ideas on what might be coming down the pipe before the 25th, or are we sort of waiting until the season starts and we'll get things going once the, once the season gets going?
0: Like what else in terms of what, in addition to, to Roe said? Yeah. If there's any other the rumors pipe? out there. Um, uh, I mean, I've I've been saying it all along. I'm not convinced that this team is going to go into the season with all of its strikers. Uh, We'll see exactly how that plays out. I mean, I reported months ago, it feels like, but the team was shopping Jaden Nelson, right, and taking offers on Jaden Nelson, and we're looking to Mm -hmm. potentially sell him this this transfer window. Um, I don't think that's dead yet, so... Let's see exactly how that plays out. I know, January yeah, there was passed. a
1: report today that, um, that Rosenberg, Rosenberg was was interested in him. Um, I don't know how true huh. that is. Well, there is. you go. Um, yeah, so yeah, went, yeah, I saw that. I'm not surprised,
0: I'm not surprised yeah. at all. Um, yeah, we'll see exactly how that plays out in terms of Jaden. I think they're always good for another trade, but I think that's those are the two areas that I'm watching specifically um, without getting into too, too much detail. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. So it sounds like uh, we're getting a new center back. that will be announced in the next couple of days. TFC got games on the go this week. Um, we're a couple of weeks from the start of the season. It is insane that the twenty fifth is really close and, uh, (laughs) the season gets going pretty soon. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto till I die. We will be back next Monday. Big favor to ask no matter if you're watching us live or listening on the podcast, uh, give us a like five-star review on if you're listening on wherever you're getting your podcasts, give us a thumbs up on the old uh, YouTube. Um, That really does help new uh, fans find the show. Um, And for Jeffrey P. Nesker from Michael Singh, I'm Mike Newell. Have a good night. We'll see you next week.
0: And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. (laughs)